You're listening to The Royally Made, a different kind of podcast helping you grow in power, purpose, and grace. Let's see what it really means to be a royal daughter. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. It is the week of Halloween, so we're going with a little bit of a spooky vibe here this week. And today's episode, I want to start out with something that I think is something we can all relate to to some degree, and that is dealing with difficult people. I think that's something that we can all relate to in the sense that we've all had to deal with those people, we live with those people, we love those people, and sometimes we are those people. And so today I want to talk about this from a little bit of a different perspective than perhaps you've heard before. And then I also want to give you a few tips to help you better deal with those difficult people in your life from a place of love and a place of strength. I think a good way of looking at this is when we're dealing with our own insecurities and our own struggles, because the first place to really know how to deal with other people is to first look at ourselves. I know when I'm dealing with my own insecurities or areas where I'm not very confident or areas where I'm a little more fearful, um, I know it kind of reminds me of a graveyard going along with the theme here. And a lot of times my insecurities and my fears and my the areas where I don't feel very confident kind of come up out of the ground like like zombies or corpses or, you know, just scary things that go bump in the night. They come out and they try and reveal themselves in these different ways. And a lot of times the way I'm reacting to people isn't because of how I actually feel about them. It's more about how I feel about myself. One really important thing to remember when we're dealing with those difficult people in our lives is to remember that you're possibly walking through someone else's graveyard. And when you're walking through someone's graveyard, don't be surprised when things pop up. Don't be surprised when dead things grab you. Don't be surprised when death is kind of happening in that situation and life isn't being made manifest. And so I think that's a really important perspective when you're dealing with people who are just really hard to get along with, people who don't seem to want to be your friend, people who don't seem to really want to get along with you. Maybe there's people who just um, always kind of want to pick a fight. They always want to let you know where you're wrong, right? I think we've all dealt with this before. And when you're dealing with that, it's really important to remember that you're probably walking through their graveyard right now. You're not walking through the parts of their life that they're proud of right? You're not walking through the parts of their personality that they tend to put on a pedestal and say is great. You're typically walking through the dead things. You're typically walking through the decay and the destruction of their life and the things that they're typically not very proud of and the things that they even may be ashamed of. And so when people bite back and kind of bite at you, it's because they're typically trying to keep you away from something that you might be coming across, an area of their life that they're not proud of, any kind of shame, addiction. Um, it could be insecurities and past hurts that they've been dealing with, um, vows that they made with their self, addictions or secret sins, You know, areas of condemnation where they feel guilty and they feel worthless and they don't feel good enough. Uh, fears, worries, anxieties, jealousies with other people. There's a whole bunch of things that could be going on just below the surface. And so when you're walking through the graveyard of someone's heart, don't be surprised when scary things pop up. Don't be surprised when dead things pop up and keep that perspective of, okay, I'm not dealing with this person 
in the sense of the things that they're proud of. Right now I'm dealing with this person and I'm probably dealing with them through their hurts right now. And so I think shifting our mind in this perspective of walking through someone else's graveyard can really help us have more of a compassion for people and have more of a heart for them. And instead of just treating them the way that they treat us, we can actually come alongside them and not get pulled down by the dead things that are in their heart, but we can actually lend a helping hand to freedom and help them walk a path to more and more life. So what I want to share in this episode is four tips to how to deal with those difficult people that are in your life. And the first one that I want to share is that 90% of how people are treating you has absolutely nothing to do with you. I know we've already talked about this a little bit in this episode, but it's kind of worth repeating because we don't take this seriously. At least 90%, possibly more, (laughs) of the time that people are rude to you, mean to you, difficult with you in general, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. You're in the graveyard of their heart, right? You're, You're starting to get into the messiness of their soul, and that's what you're seeing come up out of the ground. That's what you're seeing come up out of their heart. It doesn't make it okay. It doesn't mean that they don't need to kind of learn how to deal with these things, but it's important that the very first thing you know to do with these people in your life is to not take things personally. And you know what? Even if it is personal, you don't have to take it personally. That is our choice, whether or not we do that. But I will say that 90% of the time, at least, It has absolutely nothing to do with you. If we really stop and think about it, every single person on this planet really have the same desires. We all want to be wanted. We all want to feel like we have value. And we all want to feel like we're important or significant in some way on this earth. And so a lot of times, again, when people are being really difficult with you, it's because they feel like they're not measuring up. It's because they feel like somehow they don't have value. They're not wanted. They're not significant or important in their role or in their life. And so a lot of times what you need to realize is that you're dealing with hurt people. Hurting people hurt people, right? That's kind of a saying we all know. And yet we don't think about it. When someone's rude or disrespectful to us, the first thing we think of is, well, shouldn't they know they can't treat me that way? What have I done to deserve this? Probably nothing. But that shouldn't be the first thing in our minds. The first thing that should come to mind, especially if this is new for you, especially if you're someone who maybe gets angry easily or gets offended easily, or maybe you're someone who gets really nervous around people because you think everything is about you and you think everything is a personal attack and you don't know how to handle it. The first thing that you need to learn to do is stop yourself and go, you know what? This isn't about me and I'm not going to make it about me. This is about this person and what they're going through. And maybe, just maybe, they're really hurting right now. It says in Mark 2.17, When Jesus heard this, he told them, It is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. I think sometimes we forget this as Christians, that Jesus didn't come for the righteous, (laughs) right? People who are righteous don't need a savior. And we all needed a savior. We all fell short of the glory of God and needed Jesus to save us. But we forget sometimes after we've been saved and we've come to the knowledge of God and we're walking with God and we're going to church, reading our Bible, trying to live the right Christian life, we forget sometimes that, you know what, Jesus came 
for the sinner. He came for the hurting. He came for the lost and the broken. And while Jesus still loves you as his child, because you were once lost, you were once hurt, you were once broken, right? And sometimes we still can be, and he's right there to help us. We need to be Christians who mirror the heart of our father, who mirror the heart of our savior and go, you know what? Someone who is well doesn't need a doctor. It's those who are sick. And so when someone is being rude and disrespectful to you or just plain difficult, one really important thing to remember is, you know what? How would Jesus see this person? He would see what's going on in their heart. He would see what their heart is crying out for. And his heart would go out to them. His heart would be, how can I help you? How can I love you? How can I help make you a strong person? And maybe you're going to help that person with that. And maybe you're not. You can't minister to everyone because some people won't want to listen to you. But just be willing and available for Jesus to use you to show his heart to that person. If someone really is being a difficult person and they have a reputation of being a difficult person, then odds are they treat everyone that way. And that means probably not many people treat them kindly because they're tired of them being rude. They're tired of being disrespected. They're tired of this person being so difficult. And so usually those are the people who don't get treated very well in return. And that can cause a lot of damage in someone's heart. So realize it's not about you, but also realize that this person is probably really hurting and stop and try and see them through Jesus's eyes. Try to see them through the eyes of our savior who came to save the lost, the hurting, and the brokenhearted. The second tip I have for you with dealing with those difficult people in your life is to wait before speaking. No, this is probably one of those tips that's like, oh, of course, duh, I already know that. But how many of us actually do this? This is probably one of those tips that I personally have to work on the most because I'm very quick to respond and I don't mean to be and usually I don't feel like I'm responding negatively but sometimes I'm just way too quick to share my opinion on something and sometimes I share good things and sometimes I'm probably not sharing good things but the point isn't to just be the first one to speak the point isn't okay how can I insert my opinion into this conversation? How can I force my opinion on this person and and show them where they're wrong and, and win the argument and win the conversation? That shouldn't be our first thought, but what we should be as Christians who wait to be inspired by the Spirit of the Lord. I think it's funny how For the most part in our Christian world, we all talk about how we want to be used of the Holy Spirit and be led by the Holy Spirit to help people around us, to bring them to Jesus, to to help bring them to God. And yet, how often do we actually, in the moments where it matters, how often do we stop and yield our mouth to the Holy Spirit and go, what would you like me to say? What is my role in this situation right now? How would you like me to proceed? And if we're always speaking first and then listening, then we're not going to understand what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. And we could handle a situation in a way that could actually bring more damage than good. A verse to help with this is Psalms 141 verse 3. And it says, Lord, set up a guard for my mouth. Keep watch at the door of my lips. This is one of those scriptures that I think we need to have 
on her phone or post it up in her house somewhere and just speak it, speak it, speak it all the time, memorize it. It's very short. (laughs) Repeat it and say it as a prayer from your heart every day because this goes deeper than just dealing with those difficult people in our life, right? It certainly helps in this area, but it also helps us in every area of our life with your job, with your friends, in your marriage, right? In, In your purpose, in your church, everything that you do needs to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to be Christians who are so in tune with what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do and leading us to do that when we are dealing with difficult people in our lives, we're quick to listen before speaking. We're quick to depend on the Holy Spirit's wisdom above our own because that's actually another really good point. Too often, we try to do the role of the Holy Spirit. We try to be the Holy Spirit for other people. Well, let me tell you where you're wrong. Let me tell you how you can fix this. Let me tell you what scripture will actually tell you how you need to do better. Too often, we try to do the role of the Holy Spirit when we think that we need to change people, we need to fix them, we need to point out where they're wrong. And there's a time to speak the truth and there's a time to kind of be that type of mentor to someone if they've given you that place in their life. But honestly, we're not the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit, but we are not the Holy Spirit. And that I think is a really important distinction that we don't talk about enough. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit because his wisdom for that person is significantly greater than your own. He knows their heart. He knows their situation. He knows their motivation. He knows where they're hurting. He knows what they need. And he may lead you to say something or give them a piece of encouragement or give them a verse or do something very specific for them that may not make sense in the natural, but... It speaks directly to their heart in a way that you don't understand, but God does and they do. And that is when transformation can take place. Because instead of it being, oh, Jessica is trying to love me, that may not mean much to most people. But when they get a revelation of, oh my goodness, the King of King and Lord of Lords, God Almighty is speaking to me right now. That is what will transform a person's life. And that is what will transform someone's heart. The third tip I have for you that's going to help you with those difficult people in your life is to simply stay full of Jesus. And I know, again, this sounds really simple, but if we were so full of the nature and character and words of Jesus, then when we encountered those difficult people in our life, Jesus would manifest from us. And I don't know about you, but that probably isn't what normally happens with me. And so I'm pretty sure that's probably where most people are. And so one really good way that we can prepare ourselves to be a guiding light, to be a listening ear, to be a helpful voice in other people's life is to stay completely full of Jesus. And there's lots of ways that you can do this. Reading your Bible on a regular basis, listening to worship music, reading devotionals, journaling, praying, praying in tongues, all of these things will help you stay full of the nature and the character of Jesus. Too often we spend five minutes in the morning with him and then expect that to fill us up enough for our day. And then when we deal with 
difficult people, Jesus isn't the thing that comes out of us, right? It's our flesh. It's our emotions. It's our tiredness. It's our weakness that comes out. And then we feel bad because we know we failed and we know we didn't manifest Jesus, but we aren't putting enough of him into ourselves in order to have that happen. And so it's really important that we aren't just Christians who spend five minutes with him a day. And it doesn't mean that you have to read the Bible for 18 hours a day like some people do. I know I can't do that. I have a full-time job and I'm expected to work when I'm working. And so you just need to explore all these different ways. Listen to worship music, listen to teaching, um, you know, journal in your Bible and talk to him while you're journaling, you know, live a lifestyle of an awareness that God is with you at all times. When you're working, when you're driving, when you're shopping, when you're reading, whatever you're doing throughout your day, just talk to him, ask him about what he thinks about what you're doing, ask him for help, ask him for direction, ask him for guidance, keep praying that prayer that we just read a little bit ago in Psalms about keep a watch over my mouth, keep a guard over my tongue. Pray to him, listen to him, have an awareness throughout your entire day that he is with you and his goal is to help you and his goal is to have relationship with you. And when someone has a relationship with their God, then when they encounter difficult people or people that aren't easy to get along with, they aren't thrown off and go, oh my gosh, how dare they act that way? Or, oh no, what do I say? I don't know how to handle confrontation, right? That's probably more the camp that I've been in most of my life is I've always been terrified of confrontation and I'll just melt and hide in a corner. But that's not the right way to react either. It shows that I don't have a foundation to stand on when these difficult things come my way. And it's really important that when people are hurting, we don't shy away and we don't come at them with revenge and bitterness, but that we're strong, steady, and secure in our relationship with God to the point that we're overflowing his love into their life and his wisdom into their life. It says in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. This needs to be our mantra as Christian women and just as Christians in general. But how often are we thinking about how someone treated us, thinking about how we didn't deserve that, thinking about, oh, you know what? In the moment, I should have said this, right? That always seems to happen to me. I never have the right comeback in the moment, which I now see is probably a blessing. But later I think, oh, this would have been such a good thing to say back. I would have gotten them so good. They would have had nothing to say in defense. And yet that's not what the scripture says to do. If we want to be mature Christians who are able to handle more and more in influence and more and more power to reign in this life, then we need to mature and we need to be thinking on these things. If it's not pure, don't think on it. If it's not lovely, don't think on it. If it's not true, if it's not honorable, commendable, trustworthy, just, if it's not any of those things, then it's not a thought that you need to be dwelling on. 
And you can choose what you dwell on. You may not be able to choose what comes into your mind, but you can choose what you then dwell on. And if it doesn't match any of these things in the scripture, then you need to cast that away and you need to replace it with something that is true. Go back to these other tips and think about where they may be coming from. Think about maybe what they might be going through and what it would be like if you were in their shoes. And when you start doing that and you focus on what Jesus did for you and what Jesus did for them, that is going to be a person who is so full of the Spirit of God that they are able to handle every difficult situation and every difficult person with grace. And the fourth tip I have for you for dealing with those difficult people in your life is to be the example. And again, this one probably isn't super fun to hear, but this has kind of become a bit of a mantra for my life. I haven't always done it perfectly. I know I haven't, and I'm still really growing in this area. But every time I face either a difficult person or a difficult situation, I always come back to this verse. I feel as though God always brings me back to this verse that I'm going to share with you right now in 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, Don't let anyone despise your youth. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. I love the scripture so much because I believe there's so much depth to it that we don't even understand what it means fully. I love it because Paul was talking to Timothy, who was like his son in the faith. And Timothy was young, right? As a young person, I can understand how terrifying that is to be a young person surrounded by older people who feel like you sh they you shouldn't be telling them what to do. And Timothy was in that position because he was the pastor of a very fast-growing church. And that's why Paul was writing to him. He was mentoring him. He was a young leader, Timothy was, and he was leading a lot of people who were probably mostly older than him, and yet he was in spiritual authority. And so Paul was trying to teach him the right way to earn respect and the right way to handle both difficult people and difficult situations. He said, don't let people despise your youth. Other translations say, don't let people look down on you because you are young. But how does he say you do that? Right after that, he says, be the example. In faith, in speech, in conduct, in love, and purity, be the example. That's how you don't let people look down on you. And it doesn't have to be just for young people. People can look down on you for a lot of different reasons. Maybe you are young. Maybe you're really old. Maybe you're a single mom. Maybe you don't have kids and people look down on you for that. Maybe you don't have a lot of education. Maybe you don't have a lot of work experience. Maybe you're not a super effective communicator and you get nervous talking in front of people. Whatever it is that you feel people look down on you for, whatever you feel disqualifies you, Paul is saying, and God is saying really through Paul, that you don't have to let people look down on you for those things. But how do you accomplish that? He doesn't say you defend yourself. Right? He doesn't say you list off all the reasons why they shouldn't be doing that or you don't list off all the reasons why they're wrong or how you look down on them. Right, It doesn't say that you need to shove messages in their face that show them where they're wrong. He says, just be the example. He doesn't even say answer back. You can take a look at another episode I did. I'll link it over here. 
um, about how to face your giants. And this is one of those tips in that video that I shared about how to face your giants with King David when he was very young and when he faced Goliath, his older brothers were questioning him. Why are you here? Why? Who'd you leave those sheep with? You just wanted to come see the battle. You're just a jealous little boy. They were trying to discourage him and basically look down on him because he was young because they were jealous of how David was approaching the situation. And David, instead of arguing with his older brother, instead of defending himself, instead of getting into a fight, he turns the other way and continues talking to the other people. He doesn't even acknowledge it. And he continues to move forward with what God told him to do and not get discouraged or distracted by what other people were trying to put on him. And that's a really important point is a lot of times the difficult people in your life are probably people who are hurting, but the enemy loves to use hurting people because they're easy to use, I guess. And he loves using hurting people to get to you, to distract you. And one way that he'll do that is by using these difficult people to get under your skin because he knows exactly what will affect you. He knows exactly what will offend you. And when you get into bitterness and resentment and, you know, going down to their level, then you've already lost that battle, right? And so what's important is that when we're trying to not let people look down on us or when people are being really difficult, the biggest way that you can help that situation is to just simply be the example. There's been lots of times when people have sent me really rude emails and I have a feeling they really actually didn't like me, but there's a lot of instances where they were rude and it had nothing to do with me. And the only thing that I could do that was going to put me in a position of strength is to be the example in my speech, in my faith, in my conduct, in my purity, in the way that I handle those situations is going to define who I am. How they handle it will help define who they are. But how I handle it is going to define who I am, my character, and how God is able to use me in the future. So whatever you're dealing with, whether it's a difficult person in your life, whether it's a difficult situation that you're facing, maybe it's a group of people, whatever it is, I want to encourage you not to fight back, not to stoop down to their level, but do what Paul said to Timothy and be the example. Take a beat, wait before speaking, right? And ask the Holy Spirit, what is the right way to handle this situation? And the only way you're going to be ready to do that is if you're full of Jesus and full of his character and full of his word. Philo of Alexandria said this, be kind for everyone you know is facing a great battle. And I think really that's what it comes down to. In the end, we need to realize that life is a battle and not a dream. We have an enemy, and this enemy is not just hell-bent on destroying you, but destroying every other person on this planet, which means there's a lot of hurting people out there and a lot of people who the enemy is using to try and hurt you. So we need to be stronger than that. We need to be Christian women who are strong in our faith in God to where we're not easily breakable. We don't chip easily. We don't falter easily because our hearts are built on the foundation of Jesus and his love for us and his character. And we need to be mature enough to walk in that, but also so full of love and so full of his heart for the broken that when we encounter these people, we're strong, but we lend a helping hand to freedom and we can love people and we can walk in the wisdom and the grace of the Holy Spirit because everyone on this planet, including you and me, 
are facing a great battle. And we need to not be part of the problem, but a part of the army of God that is here to bring peace, joy, happiness, deliverance, to set the captives free. And we can be a part of that here on earth. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. And we need to realize that it's not just annoying little things that are happening, but there is a real and serious battle going on. And you can be a part of the answer. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to leave a rating and a review. And if you would like to hear more episodes from me, then make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Thank you so much. And remember, until next time, to write the story of your life well.